Good morning, everyone. Wow. I guess you guys look this. Oh, I was going to say you've come ready to worship the Lord, right? Let's stand together. And uh, there's a lot of empty seats here, so you're going to have to sing and worship really loud. Okay, you guys do that. Here we go. something to celebrate. This is unfailing love 
feels like fall now. It's about time, isn't it? Yeah, I agree. Um, right now, it'd be a great time for you guys to check into Facebook. We're really glad that you've decided to join us this morning. Let your friends know where you're at. Um, let them know that they can join us online now or at the next service or maybe invite them to come with you next week. Um, also, if you're a first-time guest or you've been coming here forever, um, it's a great time to fill out your connection card. If you have a new address, a new email address, um, a new phone number, just update that information for us so that we can keep in touch with you. And if you are a first-time guest, we're really glad that you're here. Um, if you haven't stopped at the table outside already, we would love to meet you out there. We have a little gift to give you, so be sure to stop on your way out today. And also, during our next song, we're going to be taking our tithes and offerings. I know that we're having a little glitch problem with our app, and so if you're unable to give on the app, you can give at the kiosks out in the lobby, or you can give online. Um, just press the green give button, um, and also through um, check or cash as the buckets come by. Thank you, Peyton. Everyone say thank you, Peyton. <laughs> okay, we've got a few more things coming up today, right after the 11 o'clock service. We've got pizza with the pastors. Now, this is for people, hey, Critchfields, you guys have been out traveling around the country, right? <laughs> They're living in uh, on the land, right? All in RV all over the place, and that's what everyone dreams of, right? And they're getting to live the dream. But today, Pizza with the Pastors means that if you don't know some of the pastors, just stay here for lunch at, after the 11 o'clock service and learn to know. But this is really for anyone that's new that would like to know more about Salem Fields Community Church and just kind of meet and greet with the pastors. We would love to uh, just learn to know who you are. And it's just kind of a simple little way, a very non-threatening way to kind of connect uh, at, a, at the lowest level possible. There's going to be nothing expected to you, of you except maybe just eat some pizza and uh, say hello. That would be great. We've got uh, our Blue Star Moms uh, ministry, actually. It's just an incredible way to uh, help with our military, people that are deployed, and uh, their families. But it's putting care packages together, and you'll see some blue boxes around out in the lobby. And uh, if you would feel the Lord kind of tug on your heart to put some care packages together, pick up one of those sheets and look uh, what's on that and bring that back by October 31st, and we would appreciate that. We just want to bless people that are protecting us in ways that many of us have never known. However, many of you have served, and we thank you for your service. And so this is just a way for Salem Fields Community Church to connect with what's going on in our world and uh, do some wonderful things for the people that, that take care of us and protect us. So we're so, so appreciative of that. Next week, Leonard Sweet. You guys remember Leonard Sweet? 
He is, you may not, but he's a world-renowned author. Uh, he's written over 60 books, and, uh, but he, he does a lot of other things. Can't get into that now, but you could go to the e-news. If you haven't signed up for that, sign up for the e-news, and you can read all about Leonard Sweet. He's a friend of ours. He lives off of uh, the coast of Seattle and the uh, San Juan Islands. Anybody been there? It's a beautiful, beautiful place. Orcas Island is where he lives. He's the professor of probably, I think there's like four different universities that he's part of. And uh, he's just an incredible guy. He's a friend of ours. And uh, actually, Buddy and Gracie on her grandchild trip, we went out and visited him on the island. And uh, it's just a beautiful, beautiful place to be. And so we're going to welcome him next week and uh, bring a friend. I think that you will really enjoy Leonard Sweet. Also, our classes are coming up. You know, one of the things that's really important if you're interested in spiritual things, it's important to grow spiritually. And so we provide these classes so that you can uh, grow in your spiritual walk with, with Jesus. And uh, we do that together with each other. And these classes are a way to help you grow. So the first one is called Community. It's all about this community and what, what it means. And then there are other classes. The Spiritual Disciplines will help you grow in what does it mean to read the Bible and what version of the Bible should I read and all of those kinds of things. Uh, much more in that class. And then uh, we want to help you learn to know what your spiritual gift is. And uh, when you know what your spiritual gift is, every believer has one, then you can serve and you can find out what your mission is in life, what your purpose and meaning in life is. You really aren't ready to live until you know what your purpose and meaning in life is. So these classes are designed to help you grow in that way. And uh, so sign up for those. Be a part of those. You can just show up. They're happening next week. We're going to take our morning tithes and offering, and after that basket goes by, stand up. How many people here this morning would say, God has done some great things in my life? All right. So I'm going to expect you to just really pull out all the stops and praise him this morning. It's not about us. It's about giving him honor and glory for everything, for all of the great things that he's done in our life.
Lord of Lords, and I hope you know who he is. Before you leave today, you can know him. Let's continue to worship. Praise the Son, praise the 
just tune into you. I know in my own life, Lord, we get so wrapped up in all of our own stuff. And it becomes so big. And we forget that you're there for each one of us in that moment to carry us through. And Father, we just want to focus on thanking you for what you did for each one of us. You went to that cross, Lord. You took what should have been ours and you took it upon yourself. And so, Father, this morning, we bask in that freedom, but we don't take it for granted. We thank you so much, Lord, for what you did for us. And the promise of the resurrection, Lord, is that you can raise dead things from the dead. And this morning, Lord, I just sense that there are some of us here that might think that something in our life is dead. When in reality, Lord, that needs to die out so that the new can happen. And so, Father, we thank you for who you are. You are our Father. You are the Son. You are the way, the truth, and the life. And your Spirit is here with us right now. Lord, when we leave this place, may we be changed not just to enjoy a morning church service, but to truly pick up what you've shown to us and live it out in our daily lives. So, Father, we thank you. We give you all the glory for everything that's already happened here, for what's going to happen here. And, Father, just be with each one of us that our hearts would be open to receive your word. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. church today. <clears throat> we're glad that you're here. As you know, we're starting our new series today called The Biggest Butts in the Bible. Watch this. I got a, got a big butt. It's gigantic, if I'm going to be blunt about it. And you know what? The funny thing is, I got several big butts. And, and before, you, before you discard me or, or wince at the disgusting notion of that, I'm going to go out on a limb here and suggest that possibly you have at least one big butt as well. Yeah, you like that? Hurts a little, huh? Let me tell you something. Let me just tell you something, okay? Everybody we know has a big butt. And more often than not, it's the thing that actually gets in the way of us living a consistent life for Jesus. Yeah, I think you know what I'm talking about. But I'm going to expound a little bit, okay? See if you can recognize some of these butts. But I have to work more. But my favorite TV show is over. But my kids have practice. But I got to tweet something. But it's such a beautiful day. But I'm just not in the mood. But I deserve a break today. Butts abound, friend. But, 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 but. Here a butt, there a butt. Everywhere a butt, butt. Okay? And, and, and the most overused butt of all time, but I just don't have enough time. Really? Oh, come on. We have a lot of butts. God has given us a real simple word. 
Okay? If we learn it and we share it and we teach it and we live by it, then see, God gets glorified, people benefit, and then we get blessed. That's why we do what we do. That's the why behind the butt. Okay? And ultimately, that's the whole point I'm trying to make here, my fellow butt lovers, is if your butt is bigger than your why, then your butt's too big. Okay? It's time to, metaphorically speaking, snap into a swim gym. Okay? Let's slap on some spiritual shape-ups and hit the road a little bit so we can just manage the butts a little bit. That's all we're trying to do. That's what we're talking about. Let's minimize the excuses. Let's shrink the butts. Shrink the butts. Say it with me. Shrink the butts. That's what we need to do. And you and I can do that together. We can conquer this. You and I can do it. We start today, okay? I know we can. Let's just do it. No ifs, ands, or... Yeah. I think you get it. Well, that video had absolutely nothing to do with the message. But I thought it would help get your minds off of, you know, what you might think when you think but. Um, but anyway, the biggest butts in the Bible. We're looking at some of the biggest and best butts in the Bible over the next uh, few weeks. You notice during this series that a, uh, the difference that a holy butt makes. But is a very important word. In the original language of the New Testament Greek, it is the word Allah. It's normally used to introduce a phrase or clause contrasting what, with what has already been mentioned. Just kind of changing it changing our way of thinking. We think this, but it's something different. And uh, I just challenge you to just kind of go through uh, the uh, New Testament, especially the Beatitudes, and just look at all the buts. There's buts throughout the Bible. But uh, anyway, it's normally, uh, like I said, used to change uh, our thinking. This three-letter word uh, uh, can be important. It's amazing the difference a big but can make. You see, so over the next few weeks, we're going to look at some of the biggest butts in the Bible. The Bible has some very important butts in it. We learned that big butts can change everything, especially the way we think. Now, next week, as we've already talked about, we'll take a break for our special guest speaker, Lynn Sweet. You don't want to miss Lynn. He's a unique kind of guy and got a unique message. He's kind of a futurist for the church, kind of predicts the uh, future of the church uh, through all of his studies and He's got a brilliant mind, uh, but uh, he's also very, very practical. So I hope that you will come and invite uh, some folks to come with you. Uh, Lynn's been here several times, and he's always challenged us. So uh, let's get started. Did you hear about the, I'm sure you didn't hear about it, but there's a couple that was pulled over by the police. And the police officer, he steps out of the car, and, and he shows the guy his, then uh, uh, the guy shows him his license and uh, well, he asked the man to step out of the car, and the man showed him his license. And uh, he's, the policeman said, did you realize you were going 85 mile an hour uh, back there? And the, the man says, officer, that would be impossible. I'm the most law-abiding uh, uh, driver you've ever seen. I never go over the speed limit, no matter my circumstances. And the policeman, he leans through the window and, uh, he, of the car, and he asks the wife, is that true? The wife said, no, officer, it's not. He drives like a maniac. He speeds wherever he goes. His driving scares me to death. And so the policeman writes out a ticket for the guy. And then he says, I also noticed that you didn't have your seatbelt on. And, and officer, the man replies, with all due respect, I value life too highly not to buckle up. Buckle up is my motto. And the policeman again looks through the window and asks the wife, is that true? And she said, are you kidding me? I've never seen him wear that darn thing. Uh, you'd probably find cobwebs on his seatbelt. So the officer writes out another ticket. And uh, the man leans through the, 
uh, uh, the wind and he screams at his wife. He says, woman, what are you trying to do, me, do to me? Keep your big fat nose out of my business. So the officer, for the third time, he leans through the wind and he says, he says, ma'am, does he always talk to you like that? No, she said, only when he's drunk. <laughs> so sometimes telling the truth uh, will get you into trouble. Uh, but as we see today, uh, you know, uh, not telling the truth can get you into even bigger trouble. Here's the big question of the day, the big but question of the day. Could you function if you always had to tell the truth? Do you function by always telling the truth, no matter the circumstance? In Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, there are many big but moments between Jesus and his disciples, where Jesus is teaching his disciples, you thought this, but I say this. And there's many of those in the Sermon on the Mount, and one of which we will look at today. It's not, it's not one that we often kind of think about when we think about the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, in the Sermon on the Mount, though, Jesus isn't telling uh, the folks anything new. When they were young Jewish children, they were taught how to live by the law of Moses. But now Jesus, in the Beatitude, takes it a stepfather. He says, you have heard it said, you shall not kill, but uh, I say to you, if you're angry, you have already killed. You have heard it said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you, when you lust, you've already committed adultery in your heart. You've heard it said, if you divorce your spouse, be kind. But I say to you, if you divorce your spouse and marry another, you commit adultery. Now, on this list, Jesus is not expanding the law and he's not condemning. He is trying uh, to grow the character of the people. He's trying to grow the character you see, the Jews were great at looking very religious on the outside, but on the inside, they simply went through the motions. They just went through the motions of looking very religious, uh, but only going through the motions. For his followers, Jesus expected more, and he expects more. He, wants, he wanted kindness. He wanted honesty. You see, Jesus wanted compassion and justice, and he wanted our motives to be pure. So in our scripture for today, we find Jesus abolishing a practice that the Jews had used for generations. It's found in Matthew chapter 5, verses 33 through 37. You can follow along in your Bibles, or you can follow along on the screen. Again, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, do not break your oath, but fulfill, the Lord, the, fulfill to the Lord the vows you have made. But, he's saying, here's the big but, but I tell you, do not swear an oath at all. In the past, you did that. In the past, you made vows and you made oath. But he's saying, to you, he says, but now, today, I tell you, do not swear an oath at all. Either by heaven for it's by, or for, it, it's, for it's God's throne. Man, what's going on here? I haven't spoken so long. I think that's it. Just settle down, bud. For it's God's throne or by the earth. For it is his footstool. Or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make even one hair white or black. All you need to say is simply yes or no. Anything beyond that, uh, anything beyond this comes from the evil one. So we see that in the past, oath and swearing and, uh, and all that was a common practice. 
Now, Jesus is not coming to change the law. He's not coming to expand the law, but he's coming to fulfill the law. He's coming to help us become, uh, become the kind of believer, the kind of follower that he wants us to be in our lives. But I tell you, so I want you to hold on to that big butt. Follow through this service, or through this uh, series, we're going to talk about those moments where we believe one thing, and Jesus is saying, but I tell you another thing. I tell you the truth. And so, the practice of swearing and taking oaths and placing one's hand on the Bible, do you know where that came from? It came from the assumption that people lie. It's where it came from. You know, it came from the, it came from the assumption that people lie and that we do not tell the truth unless we are compelled to do so. You know, somebody, you might be talking to someone and you think they might be lying to you and you say to them, do you swear to God? See if you've ever said that to anybody or anybody's ever said that to you. Do you cross your heart and hope to die? Do you swear to God? Do you swear on your mother's grave? I mean, somehow we believe that if someone swears on their mother's grave, or bargains with their own life, they will tell the truth. You know, and if we swear to God and yet lie, whoo, that seems risky to me. I mean, using God's honor to deceive someone else, that would be kind of scary, but people do that. You know, you, you, you ever been talking to someone and they say, and, and you ask them something and they'll say, I'll tell you the truth. And I'm thinking, well, I was hoping you would. You know, but they say, I'll tell you the truth. And the assumption is that people lie. That people just don't know how to tell the truth. So I think we believe that the second commandment, that, that we weren't supposed to use the name of the Lord in vain when we cut ourselves or, or, or we hit our thumb or with a hammer or we stub our toe in the middle of the night, that we're not supposed to swear. Not take the Lord's name in vain. Luther wrote in the small in the, the small catechism, we are to fear and love God, so we do not use His name superstitiously, or use it to curse, to swear, to lie, or to or to deceive. So, what's Jesus' solution for swearing on His name or swearing on anyone else's name in this big butt moment? He's saying to us, "Don't do it. Just don't do it." When, you ask, when you're asked, your answer, he's saying, should simply be yes or no. Yes or no. And, and you tell the truth. You see, followers of Jesus should not need to be encouraged to tell the truth. We should not need uh, legalistic rules or, or, or the threat of perjury or the weight of our mother's grave to, to motivate us to tell the truth. You know, we shouldn't need those things. But hopefully this big butt message today will remind us of our responsibility as followers of Jesus to always be honest, to always. Jesus is saying there is no circumstance where it's okay to lie. The Quakers for generations refused to follow the legal system's requirement that witnesses in court must place their hand on the Bible and swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, they would not do that. He said they were criticized and in some cases thrown in jail 
because they refused to take an oath. But because they gained the reputation of being honest people, uh, they are in some courts today no longer required to swear on the Bible. You know why? Because Quakers are known to be truth tellers. Is that, the, is, it, is that the truth for Christians? Are we known to be a truth teller? If you confess, if we confess to be a follower of Jesus Christ, do the people we hang out with, do our children, do our families, do they know, do they characterize us as truth tellers? You know, I, I grew up and I, I was, uh, in my family, I was known as the liar. And that kind of stuck with me my whole life, even today. Uh, you know, not too long ago, my brother said, oh, you can't believe nothing, but he says he's nothing but a liar. You see, we, we get a reputation. You see, there, they, we, you gain this reputation of, of being either a truth teller or a dishonest person. But I tell you, truth in America today is at an all-time low. You know that, right? I'm not surprising you by saying that. All you do is turn TV on. You see, truth-tellers today are considered old-fashioned and out of touch. In their book, The Day America Told the Truth, the authors, Patterson and Kim, they point out some amazing truth about life in America. Now, I know they say today you don't use statistics when you speak, but this is an alarming statistic. They, say, they wrote that 91% of us, of us lie regularly. 91% of Americans lie regularly. Now, does that mean that here today, that 9 out of 10 of us lie regularly or online? That means 9 out of 10. That means 9 of us lie and 1 of us tell the truth. Which one of you tells the truth? <laughs> That's 91% of us. Some of you just lied, but anyway... <laughs> I'm not going to look at anybody that, <laughs> but you see, when we tell the truth, it isn't, it, it isn't because lying's wrong, they say, it's because we're afraid of being caught. Two out of three Americans, they say, believe that there is nothing wrong with lying. Two out of three Americans. Only 31% of Americans believe that honesty is the best policy. 31%. So, when someone says, the, the, you're, let's say you're shopping for a car, and you go out to buy a car, and, and you're, you're asking the owner about the car, uh, uh, you know, or used car salesman, uh, whatever, if that, you know, whatever, you say, uh, how is this car? And they say, this car is a gym. I mean, I changed the oil regularly. I serviced it. I mean, I took care of this car. Well, I'm going to tell you something today. 31% of the time, they're not telling the truth. They're lying to you about that car. You see, and there's a, uh, uh, if little Billy comes to school and he says to the teacher, I lost my homework. Or he says to the teacher, the dog ate my homework. Any teachers here today? Does anybody, they still use that excuse that the dog ate their homework? Well, 91% of the time, little Billy's likely lying. And you know what else? His dad doesn't see a problem with his lying. And that's the scary thing. You see, but that's the truth of our culture today. So, what are we going to do about this big but truth? When Jesus says, you've heard it said, but I say. Or you practice this, but here's what I say. You see, he's cleaning up the mess. 
He's cleaning up the mess of swearing and taking oaths. And, and hopefully today, you know, that we're going to get some truth out of this. And this big, big butt moment from Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, there's something that we can learn. I mean, it is important enough, if it was important enough to tell the disciples in the, in the first century, I think it's even more important that we as believers today in the 21st century uh, hear this and know that the word is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. It doesn't change just because it was written to the disciples back then, it's the same today. And it will never change. It will always be the same. And the lesson is this. Be truth tellers. Jesus says, let your yes mean yes and our no mean no. Let our yes mean yes and our no mean no. In other words, Jesus is saying, don't tell half-truths and there's no such thing as a little white lie. All lies come out of darkness whether it's half-truth or not. You see, when you make someone a promise, we keep our promise. And when we, when we give people our word, we keep our word, and we have the reputation of being a truth-teller. So why is being a truth-teller so important for believers today? Well, first of all, it affects our relationship with God. You know, it affects our relationship with God. We think we give our life to Christ, and we can live any way we want but it affects our relationship. God is a holy God, and he says, be holy as I am holy. You see, God, the Bible says, God desires honesty even from the womb. In other words, from our inmost being, God desires honesty. And, and among the things that God really hates is a lying tongue. I mean, he hates it. That kind of hits you right there. I mean, and then you go to Revelation 21, 8, and it says the fate of liars is the lake of the fire, is a lake of fire. We don't like to talk about that one, do we? I don't. You know, but all liars, they will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. I didn't say that. So if we care about our eternal destiny, let our words be yes or no. Why? Because it affects our relationship with God. Next, it affects our relationship with one another. How? Well, it's very simple. It breaks down trust. And nothing compensates for the lack of trust. I know this very full well. No amount of communication skills no matter how wealthy we are, no matter what accomplishments we have, no matter our education, no matter our talent, no matter our position, can make up for the lack of trust. You see, inconsistency between what is said and what is done causes a gapping wound in our relationship. Trust takes a lifetime to earn, but it only takes a moment to lose. It can be lost in a moment. And once it's lost, it's really, really hard to restore. So maybe you're one of the 91% of people in America who struggles to be a truth teller. I, 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 want, to, I want to share with us um, 
three ways that we can become a truth teller. First, acknowledge your struggle to, to turn your words into actions. I probably could have phrased that differently, but it's there now. But acknowledge your struggle to turn your words into action. In other words, let your yes be yes and your no be no. And if you say what you say, do what you say. Have you ever thought about how easy it is to make statements that are many times simply not true? It's just something for us to think about. Here's, here are some. I promise. Or I'll pay you back tomorrow. It will only take a minute of your time. How many times has anybody told you that? It, oh, come on over and help me move. It'll only take a minute. I got everything boxed up and ready to go. And about four hours later, you're going home. But it'll only take a minute of your time. I'll call you back. Or how about this one? Don't happen so much now because we have cell phones, but remember when the phone ring and we'd say, tell him I'm not home. My, well, anyway. This is going to hurt me more than it will hurt you. That is a lie out of hell. You just beat the tar out of your kid and you tell them that that's going to hurt you more than hurt them. <laughs> Or you put them in timeout for four days. I'm sorry, this hurts me more than it hurts you. <laughs> it's finished and sitting on my desk, and you haven't even started on it. Or the check is in the mail. Or I'll be praying for you. I, I mean this sincerely. Trust me. Have you ever said it and not meant it? You know, I, I, uh, I had a guy that came to church here, used to come to church here. I think half of Fredericksburg used to come to church here. But this guy used to come to church here, and he, I said to him once or twice, I said, hey, let's get together and go out to lunch sometime. You know why he left the church? Because he said I wasn't a truth teller because I never called him to go out to lunch. Our words carry a lot of weight. So don't ever expect me to ask you to go to lunch. <laughs> I don't want to go to lunch with nobody. <laughs> but have you ever said it and not meant it? If so, acknowledge your struggle to turn your words into action. Next, ask for forgiveness when you fail to tell the truth or you've broken your word. In other words, ask God to show you how you have begun to Tell little lies that you think are little lies or that, you, uh, that we bend the truth uh, to get what we want or even to protect ourselves. And so confess those times when you've hurt people, when we've disappointed people, when we've broken our word. Corey Tinboom, in her autobiography, The Hiding Place, says the blood of Jesus never cleansed an excuse. That's powerful. Confess it. Confess it to God and to those you've hurt. God is a promise keeper kind of God. You confess it to God, he never lies. You know, God cannot lie. If God lies, we just might as well get rid of this because it means nothing. If he lies about anything, then we can't trust God. But God cannot lie, the Bible says. And if he says that we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and he will forgive. Notice I got this one memorized, don't you? 
He says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and he will forgive us all of our sins, all of them, every last one of them, and he will purify us from all unrighteousness. In other words, he makes us clean. So God will always keep his promise. That's not a lie. That's the truth. He will forgive us and to help us speak the truth. Finally, commit to becoming a truth teller. Ann Hibbard said, the test of character comes when being truthful endangers what you want. King David said this, Lord, who may live in your sanctuary? Who may live on your holy hill? The answer, he, who walks, he, he whose walk is blameless, who keeps his oath even when it hurts. That hurts, doesn't it? It is what it is. He was a funny guy, wasn't he? Think about how our integrity and our credibility would grow and how our relationships would be better if we always told the truth. God wants us to be consistent truth tellers. So, church, what do you say? Can we lower that statistic? Can we become truth tellers? Can we make every word we speak be a truthful word? I think it would start a revolution. That they say, man, those guys over seven fields, they don't lie. The pastor even tells the truth. I mean, let's make our words be as good as our signature. So, Let's mean what we say and say what we mean. Maybe you struggle with being a truth teller, whether it's little white lies or black lies, I guess, or keeping your word or swearing, and you struggle, but today you say, you know what, I want to be a truth teller. How many of you would say, that's me, don't raise your hand. You know, I don't want you to, I don't want us to be put on the spot. If so, I, I found this little prayer. I mean, I could have written a prayer, but I found this prayer in all my research. And, you know, I do a lot of that. And I'll, it's going to be on the screen in a minute. And I just thought it would be a good prayer that we could pray together. That way, if we all pray it, then we're not pointing out, you know, which one of us are lying, you know, but we could all say, because I think probably, maybe not, all of us struggle in a little, some area of truth-telling. And I think it, we could all confess, God, I want to be more honest. I want to be more honest. I know I do. So, the band is supposed to be here. And they I know they're coming. Yes, here they come. Let's stand. Yeah. Or maybe I forgot to tell them to come. <laughs> here they are, the band. Sorry guys, I was just messing. I get nervous, I start messing.
So what we're going to do is we're going to pray through this prayer. First time we're going to pray through it just kind of to, to um, um, familiarize ourselves with it. And then the second time we're going to pray through it like we really mean it. Okay? Maybe we could just take the lights down just a touch. Make it a little more. But I don't need to see you pray. Ready? Let's pray. Lord of love, are there people I've been hurting and disappointing because I've been consistently breaking my word? God of truth, are there areas of my life in which I have begun to tell lies and bend the truth to suit my own desires? Please show me if this has been happening. Make me humble to hear your voice and willing to change. In Jesus' name, amen. Now let's pray it. Let's pray it sincerely. And like I'm not saying you didn't the last time, but I just think it, you can't just pray it one time and kind of grasp it. And I'm hoping when we pray it this time, we've kind of grasped it. And maybe we've come to realize that, yeah, you know what? That prayer does mean something, and it's a prayer that I need to pray. And I need to pray it with all sincerity. So, let's pray. Lord of love, are there people I have been hurting and disappointing because I have been consistently breaking my word? God of truth, are there areas of my life in which I have begun to tell lies and bend the truth to suit my own desires? Please show me if this has been happening. Make me humble to hear your voice and be willing to change. In Jesus' name. Father, we just pray that your Holy Spirit would just, God, help us today in this area of yes and no. Lord, help us to be truth tellers. Thank you for this big but moment, Lord. Lord, it's sometimes one that maybe, Lord, we all like to kind of pray or, or read over. But Lord, I pray that it speaks to us, Lord. It's spoken to me. And I pray for those even online, that, Father, that they have prayed that prayer and together, Lord, we're committing ourselves to be truth tellers. With all of our heads bowed and all of our eyes closed, maybe you just like to raise your hand and say, you know what, Lord, I'm going to be a truth teller. With all of our heads bowed and all of our eyes closed, just to say to the Lord, Lord, I'm going to be a truth teller. Would you just slip up your hand, ready? Father, thank you for those that have raised their hand this morning, committed to be truth tellers. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's worship together.
Jesus. Father, we thank you that no matter what we're walking through, no matter what kind of darkness may surround us, that we have Jesus. Thank you, Father, for the greatest gift that mankind has ever known. And I pray, Father, that each one of us have had a heart that's been open to the word that we've heard today. 
Lord, I pray that we would be known as truth tellers. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And Father, as we can find our life in you, you change our heart. You make us love the truth because we love you. And so, Father, as we leave this place, I pray that this wouldn't just be another day that we spend in church, but it would be life-changing, and it would be something that we take out into our daily lives and be mindful of. Father, give us a sense of your presence throughout this week. Thank you for every person here. I would encourage you this morning, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you can know him before you leave this place. Just invite him into your heart. He's there. He's ready. He wants to be your best friend, but most of all, your Savior. And so, Jesus, we thank you for the power of your name. We thank you for the power of you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. What a beautiful spirit here this morning. And remember, don't just be hearers of the word, but doers of the word. Thank you, guys. We'll see you next time. We love you.